And thank you, uh, Pastor Stewart and uh, Pastor Helen, for the invitation. Thank you, folks, for coming. It's, it's absolutely a privilege to be here this morning and to teach on the prophetic, which is uh, my favourite subject, or well, the gifts of the Holy Spirit in general, and the prophetic in particular. And um, so it's just marvellous to gather around God's word. Um, so I've simply called this message prophecy. Let's, without any further ado, get into the scriptures. First Corinthians 12, 7 to 11. Thank you. So I'll um, get out of your way. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all, or the more modern translations say, for the common good. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but all these worketh that one and the self same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. This morning we'll be dealing with the simple gift of prophecy in particular, which is the sixth gift in that list of nine. I'll be explaining to you what it is and also what it is not. But first of all, we need to deal with the question of motivation. I don't know about you, but I'm here to glorify Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm here to lift up the name of the Saviour. I don't know about you, but I want to see the gifts of the Holy Spirit flowing this morning for the common good and with that motivation of love. Everything we do should be about Jesus, lifting his name on high, seeing men and women, boys and girls, drawn to him. And, and I want to preface my entire message with that by way of motivation. What would motivate me to be available to God, to be used in the manifestation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Well, fortunately, the answer to that is really easy. Come with me to the tail end of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where we find this list of ministry gifts. But the, uh, and God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, and healers, helpers, administrators, speakers in various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? These are rhetorical questions. The answer in each case is no. Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts and I will show you a still more excellent way. So here in this passage we're introduced to the idea that not all gifts have exactly the same value or importance. There is a sense here early on they may be ranked that perhaps there's some sort of hierarchy. However, we need also to not lose sight of the fact that every single gift is valuable. We're only going to be talking later about the difference between gold and platinum. However, the important thing to note at this stage of the message is this question of motivation. And Paul, having teased us as to what the answer may be, goes on to give it in chapter 13, verses 1 to 3. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. So the love of Christ shed forth in your heart by the power of the Holy Ghost has to be your motivating force when it comes to moving in the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Second only to that, a desire to serve your brothers and sisters in Christ. And once again, that comes down to that agape love of God the Father beating in your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. And at this point, I like to use the illustration. Many of you would have seen those Catholic photos with Christ the Saviour with the heart, the red heart, the pumping heart, and the light, the light shed forth. Have you seen those pictures? Well, there's a lot with Catholicism I don't agree with, but on that score I do agree, because I think that is a beautiful picture of the love of God shed forth through the heart by the power of the Holy Ghost. And I pray and, and, and trust this morning that each one of you has a heart beating in that fashion, that the love of God is, is transforming you, that the love of God is being shed forth in your heart towards others. 
And because of that love, you're motivated to want to serve your brothers and sisters in Christ. Because of that love, you want to see them built up. You want to see them encouraged. You want to see them comforted and consoled. You want to see them healed. You want to see them delivered. You want to see them set free. Hallelujah. Because of the love of God in your heart for one for the other. Okay. Our next scripture is 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. So prophecy is temporary for this age. As much as, as, much as I love the prophetic, as much as I uh, enjoy teaching on the prophetic, compared with the love of God, it's temporary. It's temporary. It's valuable, but it's temporary. Uh, love is permanent. It will never cease. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. So, faith, hope, love, abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. Amen. Praise God. You know, it's because he loved us that he sent his son to die on a cruel cross 2,000 years ago. Do you know that it's because he first loved us? He didn't wait for us to have our act together. He didn't wait for us to be acceptable, for us to attain some sort of a standard of righteousness. No, he did not wait. He sent his son to die on a cruel cross. Raised to life on the third day, which we've just celebrated. Seated now at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and for me. And on the day of Pentecost, he sent the Holy Ghost, so that we would not be bereft. We would not be bereft. We would have the comforter, the advocate, the helper, the counsellor, to go with us through this life. So what what motivates us to make ourselves available to God for use with respect to the manifestation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, love, the God kind of love shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. This is is not only a love for the saints, but a love for the lost as well. You know, when, when, when you experience that pathos, you know, when you experience that compassion, you know, when um, my son years ago uh, bought a vagrant a pie, you know, the chap probably wanted money, but my son said, I'll buy you a pie. That was the love of God in his heart, reaching out to that fellow who was down on his luck, you know, that fellow who was uh, uh, really, really down and out. Um, those moments, folks, those moments when you, when you experience that pathos and that compassion and that desire to do something to help, that's the love of God beating inside your chest and being shed forth by the power of the Holy Ghost. So not confined just to the brethren, but also extending out into the world. The other aspect we need to deal with under the heading motivation is a common good. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Now to each one's given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Hallelujah. The idea here is that if one is encouraged, all are encouraged. If one is exhorted, all are exhorted. If one is comforted, all are comforted. 1 Corinthians 12, 26b, from the Revised Standard Version. I've got that there. That's what I've just covered. Now, I have a couple of illustrations. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not boasting or bragging in any way, shape or form. I just have a couple of illustrations uh, for the purpose of illustration. So, at the house of the... on this purpose of this idea of... If one's, one rejoices, all rejoices at the House of the Rock Church at New Gisborne, which is another church in our small denomination. Um, some, I don't know, a couple of months ago, there was a word for a couple named uh, David and Naomi Adam. And the picture the Lord gave me was of a barber's pole, you know, and I thought, good grief, Lord, what's that about, you know? Um, and uh, you picture the barber's pole with the red and the white lines uh, circling upwards and and so on and, and, and these two are musicians and, and uh, these two were song leading <clears throat> and the Lord said um, <clears throat> their ministry is in equal measure um, he said their ministry is intertwined he said that the white represents the Holy Ghost and, and, and the red the blood they're to concentrate on those two things in particular and the Lord said just as a barber's pole points to the fact that that establishment inside is a barber, so it is with you, the Lord said to this couple, you are a sign pointing to the Saviour. Well, the place just erupted. The place just erupted. 
with, 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 with hand clapping. It wasn't for me, it was for God and for this couple, for the fact that they've been so greatly encouraged. Um, one, one was honoured, one rejoiced, all rejoiced. So that's the purpose of my including that particular illustration. The next question to deal with is this. If my heart is right, if I'm motivated by God's love, which has taken up residence within me, if I truly want to see other people blessed and encouraged, how many gifts of the Holy Spirit can I expect to see manifested through me? I'm so glad you asked. And my answer is, based on the literal reading of the King James translation, several. That is three to four. My understanding of the word several is three to four. However, the modern translations I've consulted have lost this sense of plurality. The Revised Standard Version comes closest with its use of the plural in the word of portions. Let's look at them both up on the screen. Okay, so firstly, we have the King James. But all these work of that one and selfsame Spirit, Holy Spirit dividing to every man severally, which I'm putting to you means three or four as he will. And then of the modern translations, this is the one that gets closest. All these are inspired by one and the same spirit who are portions, plural, portions, plural, portions to each one individually as he wills. And so my teaching is that you can expect to receive and move in three to four of these gifts on a regular basis, providing your heart attitude is correct, providing your motivation is, is, is the love of God, providing you acknowledge that it's for the common good, that there's no reason at all why you cannot expect to move in three to four of these gifts. Uh, don't expect to move in them all because God's design for the body is that we complement one another. If I, if I prophesy over you, perhaps you can pray for my healing. Amen? Amen. Amen. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge and prophecy frequently function together. The gifts of faith, healing and the working of miracles often function together. I like the example that a charismatic Church of Christ pastor in Castlemaine gave me years ago, and that was that the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are like springs. And when they come to the surface, they coalesce. And so if you have a prophetic word for someone, you know, generally speaking, there's, there's two to three gifts operating. Prophecy is only the means, of, is the vehicle, the, the, the speech, the, the mode of getting it across. Um, but, but there'll often be a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge in and amongst that as well. And I have an illustration of that uh, at some point in my notes. I'm not sure if we're there yet. Okay. So, so, so typically a healing evangelist, you know, your faith, healing, working, miracles working together. Word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, prophecy, frequently functioning together. Now, there's a tension here. Let me, let me sketch this out, please. It's, it, it's also abundantly true that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are distributed by the Holy Spirit as he wills. Now, the Bible says that, and I want to acknowledge that. But nevertheless, if your hard attitude is right, if you are eager to be used of God, he will use you. It's you, singular, a singular person, and several of the gifts, plural. I call this hard attitude leaning into the gifts. Now, this is where Glenys and Helen come to my aid. The Lord gave me this uh, demonstrative word last time I preached on this subject. And so I'm putting to you that the Holy Spirit distributes the gifts as he wills, but your heart attitude is just so important. And as you lean into God, as you lean into the Holy Ghost, this is what happens. He covers you with his grace. He covers you with his mercy. He gifts you and equips you for works of service that will bring glory to his name and to his name of his son. Thank you, ladies. So lean into, lean into the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, I'm here. Holy Ghost, I'm available. Holy Ghost, I'm yours. Use me to bless others. Use me to demonstrate your love. Use me to demonstrate your power. Bless others through me. Amen. And so acknowledging that uh, the Holy Spirit distributes the gifts as he wills, acknowledging that we can influence that process with a hard attitude, we then go to Psalm 37 and verse 4. And this really clinches this part of the sermon. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. So if the desire of your heart is to be a blessing to others, the desire of your heart is to build up and strengthen and encourage and comfort and console your brothers and sisters in Christ, the desire of your heart is to see them healed and delivered and set free, 
then he'll give you those desires. He'll use you with respect to the gifts of the Spirit in three, possibly four different ways, complementary ways. So yes, God is sovereign. Yes, you can influence that process with your heart attitude and your motivation. Okay. It can take time to discover your gifts, but over time you'll notice the areas in which God is using you. A pattern will emerge. Your confidence will grow. Your faith to receive will grow. Listen to your mentors. Listen to your pastor. Stay open to correction. My next task is to quickly classify the gifts for you. Customarily, they're split into three categories. They are the revelation gifts, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the discerning of spirits, the power gifts, the gifts of faith, the work of miracles, the gifts of healing, the vocal gifts, also known as the inspirational gifts, prophecy, diverse or different kinds of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. This morning, for the remainder of the message, we will be zeroing in on the gift of prophecy, referred to as the simple gift of prophecy, to distinguish it from the ministry gift of prophet, which is altogether on a higher plane and with different functions. Let's look at this gift of prophecy and pull it apart, work out how important it is to have it here in two translations up on the screen. Firstly, the Revised Standard Version. On the other hand, he who prophesies speaks to men for the upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. And from the New King James, he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation and comfort. Now, I've selected uh, this critical verse in a couple of translations so that you can absorb some of the synonyms, some of the words of like meaning used. These two versions up here capture perhaps the most common variations as translators do their best to render Greek English. There are three legs to this gift, only three. Strengthening, encouragement and consolation, it cannot be added to. To do so is to contravene scripture. However, there are more facets to this gift that you need to know about. Firstly, when manifested in conjunction with the word of knowledge, the result can be to convict of sin and to utterly convince of the reality of God. 1 Corinthians 14, 24 and 25. And next slide. Should come up next in the PowerPoint. Uh, yeah, the one after that, please. must be one missing. I'll read them out to you. Thank you for your help. Um, 1 Corinthians 14, 24 and 25. This is the manifestation of the word of knowledge in conjunction with the prophetic word. But if an unbeliever or someone who does not understand comes in while everybody is prophesying, he'll be convinced by all that he is a sinner and will be judged by all. Verse 25, and the secrets of his heart will be laid bare. So he will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. So um, now we go to 1 Corinthians 13, verse 2. Thank you. That's perfect. Thank you. So three legs, strengthening, encouragement, and consolation. A fourth leg, if you like, in conjunction with the word of knowledge to bring conviction of sin and to utterly convince the reality of God. The second facet I need to draw your attention to. The simple gift of prophecy can involve you in fathoming mysteries, particularly if you receive revelation from the Holy Spirit in picture form, and um, I often do. But there are many ways you can receive prophetic revelation. Um, <clears throat> the one before, 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 2. Please, thank you. If I have the gift of prophecy, it can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. So... You read the story of uh, Peter being summoned to uh, preach to Cornelius in his household. Peter received a vision and then he received revelation regarding the meaning of that vision. And so it's quite okay if you have a picture pop into your head as I did with the barber's pole, which seems obscure. 
uh, it's okay to take that to God and, and, and see, if, see if he has for you an interpretation that's upbuilding, that's encouraging, that's comforting or consoling. If you can't get the interpretation, discard it. If you can't get the interpretation, it's just a random thought. Don't bring, don't bring something that you haven't fathomed. It's, the purpose of prophecy, number one, is edification. And so if you simply have a picture that you don't have the... you haven't fathomed the, the meaning of it, what the Holy Spirit is saying through it, if you just hang it in the air and let it dangle and describe that picture, but don't interpret it, you're just creating confusion. So you need to not only receive that picture, and at first it might receive, seem really out of left field, and often does, dwelling upon it, fathoming it, asking the Holy Spirit to unpack it for you, if you like, then gives you the message. And, and then even at that point, you can ask yourself, is this upbuilding? Is this encouraging? Is this edifying? Is this, is this by way of exhortation? Is this encouraging or is it comforting or consoling? Is it, is it any two of one or two or three of those things? And if it's not, put up the stop sign. If it's not, stop right there. Because it doesn't qualify as a simple word of prophecy. If, if you can't tick one of those boxes, and often it'll tick a couple of them at once, if you can't tick some of those boxes, then don't proceed. Just button up. Thirdly, you need to know that the simple gift of prophecy is always in part. 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 9. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. The Revised Standard Version uses the word imperfect for in part, denoting incomplete. And I have another prompt here for, my, for myself to share with you the story of Lee and Nina as an illustration of... Uh, prophecy and the word of knowledge being in part. So Lee and Nina are a couple at uh, another church in our denomination down at Cheltenham and this particular church has a tradition they have a prayer meeting beforehand and it's in another room and <laughs> not only that but in this church in the prayer meeting you shuffle you shuffle you pray and you shuffle so Glennis and I arrived and you know we want to fit in, we're under authority so what do we do? Prayed and shuffled, just like everyone else. Reminds me of a church we were in in Queensland years ago. They all used to stand and pray and quite loudly. That was another Pentecostal church. I wasn't baptised in the Holy Spirit in those days, so I, I didn't get it. But um, anyway, so there's a few people there praying and shuffling, and there's a couple, and I felt the Lord give me a word for them. And later on in the service, I got the opportunity to deliver it. And... Um, once again, you know, out of left field, once again, obscure. The, the picture I had was a washing machine, the old-style washing machine with a ringer on top. I said, Lord, what's that mean? This lady's used one years ago. Lord, what's that mean? And he drew my attention to the two rollers, and he said they work together in unison. And then he said to me, they've been through the ringer. And uh, I thought it would be funny if it wasn't so sad. Um, and so I brought that to them. I said, uh, I believe the Lord's saying, you work in unison. And the lady immediately immediately responded. She said, yes, we're both musicians. We both play piano. Uh, we hop off and on the keyboards. We relieve each other. You know, we're just, we're just like that. You know, just bang, 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 bang. She's not playing, he is, he's not playing, she is. They work in unison. And then I said, I felt the Lord say, you've been through the ringer. But this is where the in part comes in. I had absolutely no idea of the time frame. I didn't know if it was yesterday, I didn't know if it was a decade ago, I was absolutely clueless. And uh, so I said, you know, you've been through the ringer. And I said, oh yes, that was five years ago, we left the church and uh, this lady was prophetic but she didn't have a solid teaching foundation, she got us, she'd come out of new age, she'd wafted into prophecy, she hadn't been taught, you must have this teaching, you must have this foundation, you really must. She, she didn't have a foundation, she got into strife, the pastor banned her from the intercessors team and it was a very um, stressful, traumatic, hurtful situation. I identify with the pastor but also identify with her hurt and they left that church. So that was, that was the going through the ringer. 
but now can we tick the upbuilding encouraging box? Can we tick you know, the comforting and consoling box? The word went on to say, you've been through the ringer, but lo, I've been with you throughout. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, he didn't just leave it with the objective truth that they'd been through the ringer, which was tinged with sadness. But he said, I have been with you. So it's an illustration of a word in part. I had no idea of the time frame, but it's also an illustration of a prophetic word because it did something to lift their spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. I meant to say, I meant to say, and I apologise for forgetting to say, there'll be a question and answer session at the conclusion of this message. So. Um, probably five minutes, but if you'd like to give that some thought, I'll do my best to answer any questions that you have at the end of this session, then we'll move into a ministry time. Okay, so we've done, we've done Lee and Nina. Uh, now that we've adequately sketched out the gift, we still need to answer the question, how important is this gift relative to the other nine gifts of the Holy Spirit? And the answer, as always, is in the scriptures. Now we've got perhaps half a dozen here. Next one. Covet earnestly. There's only one thing in the Bible you're allowed to covet. To covet a Mercedes Benz is is sin. To covet a million do- sorry, sorry, Pastor. <laughs> to covet a million dollars is sin. But do you know what you are allowed to covet? You're allowed to covet uh, earnestly the best gifts. And and to show you a more excellent way, of course, which goes on to the love chapter, and we've covered that, how important that is. First Corinthians fourteen one. Pursue love. Pursue love. That must be your number one. And desire spiritual gifts. But especially that you may prophesy. And, and, and this is my heart, my heart, my heart belief is that, that people need to capture a vision for the spiritual gifts. They need to capture, capture this vision, you know, that God would use you in this way. That providing your heart is right, he would use you in this way. This isn't for the pastor. This isn't for the visiting minister. This isn't for the deacons. This is for everybody. Okay? Especially that you may prophesy. And then 1 Corinthians 14, 3 and 4. He who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. That's fantastic. Encourage you to do that by the hour. But he who prophesies edifies the church. So that's either in English or through tongues and interpretation. 1 Corinthians 14, 5a. I wish that you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. 1 Corinthians 14, 12. Even so you, since you were zealous with the spiritual gifts. You see, this is something that we've lost. The church at Corinth was so zealous for the gifts to the point that they'd become disorderly. They were so zealous for the gifts to the point they needed correction. And praise God they needed correction because the bulk of the teaching we have on the gifts is in 1 Corinthians chapters 12 through to 14. And so Paul's saying to them, look, it's, it's a given. I know you're zealous for spiritual gifts, but let it be for the edification of, you, of the church that you seek to excel. 1 Corinthians 14, 39a. It's the one I jumped ahead. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy. What are... What then are we to conclude about the importance of this gift, the simple gift of prophecy, relative to the other gifts of the Holy Spirit? Okay, and this is why I have this teaching aid. I hope you've been suitably intrigued. Some of you might have worked it out. But this target represents the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I want to put it to you this morning that prophecy is the bullseye and that tongues and interpretation which equals prophecy, is the next, is the next ring out. Um, prophecy is the bullseye. Tongues and interpretation, which yields prophecy, has got to be the next ring closest to the bullseye. I stress again, I don't want to be misunderstood here, I stress again, all the gifts of the Holy Spirit are extremely valuable. We're only talking about relativities. Nevertheless, we need to absorb this. The gift of prophecy is to be particularly sought after, and I've given you half a dozen scriptures to back that up. Think of it this way as the comparison to the natural realm. Think of the bullseye prophecy and also tongues and interpretation of tongues, which equals prophecy. Think of those two as platinum. 
That's three of the nine gifts accounted for, prophecy, tongues and interpretation of tongues. The next outer ring could comprise gold, still invaluable, that's four gifts accounted for, followed by silver and precious stones, that's six gifts accounted for, and so on. Think of the book of Revelation, think of some of those uh, precious uh, gems listed there, and so on, until all nine extremely valuable gifts are somehow or other ranked. Now, I wouldn't presume to rank them, there'd be differences of opinion, and um, of course the most common teaching is that the gift that you need the most is the, is, 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 is the number one and I follow the logic of that but when I, look in, when I peer into the word of God this is what I find prophecy, tongues and interpretation other gifts ranged out still on the target it's good to hit the target anywhere on the target is good um, but these in particular we should be uh, seeking and asking the Lord Lord, may you use me in this way. Okay, we'll finish this morning with six things the simple gift of prophecy is not. And if you adhere to and receive these demarcation lines, I promise you, you shan't get into trouble. Prophecies like dynamite, marvellously useful, marvellously powerful, and in the wrong hands, marvellously dangerous. And unfortunately, the prophetic has, has received bad press and a bad name because some people have abused it. If you listen to these distinctions between the simple gift of prophecy and the office of prophet, if you are content to move in the simple gift, if you aren't presumptuously moving into that office ahead of God appointing you to that office or the Lord Jesus Christ, in fact, appointing you to that office, if you're willing to accept the restrictions of upbuilding encouraging, comforting, consoling or in conjunction with the word of knowledge um, being used to convict of sin and, and, and the utter reality of God if you're content to stay within those prescriptive limits you shan't upset your pastor you shan't hurt a brother or sister um, you won't be publicly corrected and so on okay there's six of these <clears throat> the simple gift of prophecy is never revelatory nor does it ever address the future. This is the realm of the prophet. Number two, the simple gift of prophecy is never directive. For example, it will never ordain or activate ministry gifts. This is also the preserve of the prophet. Number three, the simple gift of prophecy is never, repeat, never corrective. Never corrective. On rare occasions under the New Testament dispensation, a prophetic word that is corrective by nature may come forth. But if it does, it will be brought by a prophet, never one of the saints. And a mature prophet will do his utmost to couch that word as an exhortation rather than a correction. And when, when preaching on this subject at Ballarat, I used the illustration of, um, you know, I've never known the Holy Spirit to do this, but let's say the Holy Spirit gave me a word of knowledge and I'll pick on Glennis because that way I won't offend any of the locals. Let's say the Holy Spirit said, she's mean, you know, she's stingy. Well, I wouldn't, um, you know, be so blunt. You can turn that into an exhortation. You know, thus says the Lord, oh, I see you with a generous spirit. Yes, even now, says the Lord your God, I'm, 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 I'm planting a generous spirit upon you and in you, says the Lord your God, indeed. You shall be known for acts of generosity. You shall be known for acts of compassion. You shall be known for acts of mercy because indeed my love and my mercy, my generosity is going to flow through you, says the Lord your God. Hallelujah. And Gladys walks out and she's throwing five dollar bills this way and ten dollar bills that way and twenty dollar bills this way and fifty dollar bills that way because she's had an exhortation if I'd corrected her she'd be publicly humiliated that's not God God is love amen so anyway I've illustrated that one we'll move on um, number four the simple gift of prophecy is never a word of warning that also is the preserve of the prophet Number five, the simple gift of prophecy is never a word that imparts learning. This is, however, something that a prophet may bring. 1 Corinthians 14, 29 to 31. And number six, the simple gift of prophecy never confirms a certain gifting or calling. This also is the preserve of the prophet. Okay, so that's the end of the message. Do you have any questions, folks? Yes, Pastor. Between um, the 
the office of the prophet. Yes. And the uh, and what you went on about today about civil. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I brought my notes with me. So I touched on this in those last half dozen points in, in um, capsule form. That's the third one, please tell. I think it's in the third one. So I, I endeavoured to skate over that, but I'll, I'll go into a little bit more detail. to bring these but um, just to find the right page <coughs> okay here we go the difference between the simple gift of prophecy and the ministry gift or office of prophet that ought to do it good. Uh, the fundamental difference is that the prophet is one of the fivefold ministry and as such is a gifted person who's been gifted to the church by the Lord Jesus Christ the saint on the other hand operating in the simple gift of prophecy does so at the Holy Spirit's behest and operates within a tightly prescribed and much more limited area, and I've, I've endeavoured to do my best to sketch that area out. So, so the office or the ministry gift of prophet, Ephesians 4.11, he, being the Lord Jesus Christ, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. So they are gifted people, they are gifts to the body of Christ, if you like, they are presents. They are presents from the Lord to you. The simple gift of prophecy is... Uh, um, well, classical Pentecostal theology is that uh, first of all you receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost and then you begin to move in the gifts. Possibly that's a teaching here. Yes, that's fine. And that's the norm. Um, and so once you're baptised in the Holy Spirit, according to that teaching, you can expect to be available to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, at that level... Any of those nine gifts and other gifts in Romans chapter 12 and so on. But um, at that level that I've described this morning with three core functions and a fourth one, if you throw in 1 Corinthians 14, 24, 25. Um, so there's a fundamental difference in, in gifting. There's a fundamental difference in revelation, the degree of revelation. The prophet can be expected to move in an altogether higher realm of anointing, giftedness and revelation. One of the hallmarks of the prophet is that he or she moves in revelation. And you can read about that in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 29 to 32. But I'll just read out, uh, these aren't on the, on, the, on the PowerPoint. Verse 29, let two or three prophets speak and let the others, in this context, other prophets, judge or weigh carefully. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by. So in other words, you... <laughs> We don't have this today. We, we're so impoverished compared to the New Testament church. But back in those days in Corinth, you know, we had the prophets up in this corner. You know, we had a, we had a bunch of them. Yeah. We had a bunch of them. And, uh, you know, uh, we had several other people that interpreted tongues on a regular basis. And they were known uh, for their facility in that regard. And, and so this group of prophets, one speaking, another one receives a revelation from the Holy Ghost. The first one shuts up. Let's the second one speak. The point I'm making is that they are people who receive revelation. Okay. Um. According to one well one well known author, this was Kenneth Hagen, uh, to be a prophet a person needs to have at least two of the revelation gifts operating on a continual basis in his life and ministry, plus the gift of prophecy. He does not provide chapter and verse for this assertion, but it's an observation based upon considerable experience as a prophet. Revelation gifts, once again, are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, plus the discerning of spirits. So in practical terms, what difference does the simple gift of prophecy, on the one hand, the office of prophets, look like? Um, and this is just putting a little bit more meat on the bones. I'll try to skip through this. Um, the, whole, the prophet will bring one, words that are predictive. Agabus, chapter 11, 27 and 28, when he predicted Paul's fate upon arriving in Jerusalem. 
Uh, number two, the prophets bring words that are corrective. Paul and Barnabas, Acts 13, 6 to 12, where Simon the sorcerer was blinded. Um, I, I want to emphasise that that function is um, rare. It's far more on display with prophets in the Old Testament than the New. There's only that one illustration in the New Testament, apart from the book of Revelation, which is another kettle of fish in a category of its own. So if we put Revelation to one side, you've only got this one instance in the New Testament where anything resembling the prophetic was used for correction. That's why I say, you know, you go there extremely reluctantly, and if you go there, you do so with the love motive. Okay. Um, number three, words of warning. The prophet will bring words of warning. Uh, Agabus uh, warned uh, the Apostle Paul Agabus, uh, also in the predictive, the predictive fashion, foretold the uh, famine. Number four, words that are directive. Um, the Holy Spirit through someone to ordain and activate ministry gifts, Acts 13, 1 to 3. Um, once again, we don't have that up, up on the screen. Um, number five, words that impart learning, 1 Corinthians 14, 31. And when it talks about that passage I was in earlier on, it goes on to say... Um, a prophetic word can, from a prophet can, can actually give you a mini lesson, a, a, to, a mini lesson right there, a learning right there. And lastly, uh, for the prophet, confirming words. Um, I'll give you an illustration. I'm not attaching any labels to myself whatsoever. I prefer to see myself as a teacher who prophesies. But I'll give you this illustration. We owned a business for 27 years and we retired last November. We had a young girl working for us um, early of the morning helping us with the carting of parcels and we owned a post office and so she helped us with the clerical work. A young girl had a Catholic upbringing, attended Catholic schools from year 10 and then went to Girton which is a private school and been to go for years 11 and 12 and, and at Girton a Baptist girl reached out to her and, and said come along to church with me. And she said, she said something very profound, comparing the two. She said, she said different but the same. <laughs> she found some commonality. But anyway, um, so this girl had been introduced to the evangelical stream, not the Pentecostal stream. She's working for us. She's sitting at a desk doing clerical work. Sometimes I receive revelation visually and just out of the blue, complete, that, this isn't just for the four walls of church, out of the blue, completely unexpectedly, I'm looking at her and I see her teaching. I see her teaching, you know. In a secular setting, I see her teaching. And she knew we were Christians. I mean, mostly we worked. We, didn't, we weren't there discussing the Bible. We were earning a living. And I said, uh, Bella, Isabel, Isabella, I, I said, I feel the Holy Spirit saying, teacher. And, and she just looked at me and she said, that's one of the things I want to do. Hallelujah. Very capable girl, very intelligent girl. Um, first in her family, the eldest, you know, they're the high achievers, generally speaking. Young girl going places with Christ and, and, and immediately confirmation. So, so that was a word of confirmation. I said, Bella, I see you, I see, I feel the Holy Spirit saying, teacher. And she received that instantly. That's one of the things that I want to do. And so that's number six on the list. Is that some help, Stuart? I hope so. Thank you. Any other questions? Yes. Yeah, well, in the Old Testament, a seer was a variety of prophet. You know, just like you've got varieties of oranges, different sorts of oranges. He, and he, he received his revelation visually. Um, really, that's all it means. Today, there are people that still receive their visu revelation visually. Uh, there are people who just come up to you and thus says the Lord and this word comes out like a fountain. Um, in the Hebrew, the word to prophesy means, means you know, to, to drop, to, 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 to gush forth. To, a fountain is really the best illustration I can give you. So I get that at times, but not more, it's more pictorial usually. Um, so there are different, if you read First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4, 5 and 6, Chapter verse 4 refers to the Holy Spirit. Verse 5 refers to the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 6 refers to the Father God. And the emphasis in each verse is variety, differences. 
and and so the prophetic won't always look the same so if you have another speaker next week who's prophetic might do a lot of parabolic prophecies acting things out now, i get that at times too but not today um so so you can't put the prophetic in a box you've got to look for fruitfulness um I, i've got another whole messy john weighing prophecy but but in a nutshell you've got to look for fruitfulness and you've got to look for consistency with the word of god so i hope that helps any other questions any other questions? We'll probably. Sort of talking about nearer to God. We should be nearer to God. Yes. And uh, to wear the gown of white and be close to the Lord. A pastor here gave a lecture one day that we should achieve all the time to be close to the Lord. Right. And uh, it fits in. The other one was your wife uh, was saying that she needed to give an example. Mm. Mm-hmm. Often that encouragement goes on, that's good. Mm. But then it goes the other way, oh, but they're a Catholic. Well, you've got to listen to the Holy Spirit, you've got to filter out. Yes. Um, I come to a meeting like this preferring not to know anybody. I, I have, I do, I've been praying for some of you since we're here, I think it was in November, the ones that I've been able to recall, I've, been, I've kept you in my prayers, that's part of um, what God's laid on my heart. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I think the Denieri, I'd love to hear that message. It sounds like a fantastic message from your pastor. But, but um, you know, God promises us in James that if we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. And, uh, um, you know, it, it, it's good not to know a lot of stuff about people beforehand because you can get um, confused by that. Uh, it's best... Um, you know, in, uh, in Jade's situation, so there was some information coming forth, but I knew straight away that the Holy Spirit had something to say to her regarding sight in the spirit realm, and 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 boy, did he, he did, and and that's um, you know uh, greatly encouraging. Um, you know, I hope I've answered your question, sir. I've done my best. Are there any other questions? Yes. Yes. I got everything than a question. Did you have a question? Oh, no. No, there's more a testimony. For me. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm thrilled to bits that God uses you in that way. Yeah. I am. But I'm, I'm, I'm primarily wanting to answer any questions. Are there any... Can you be a prophet? Sorry? Can you be an evangelist and a prophet too? Absolutely. That, the combination of gifts, yeah. I personally believe that an apostle incorporates all five. Um, obviously the Lord Jesus incorporated the lot but an apostle I think to be an apostle you need to ha- to have the lot uh, uh, I'll give you the common combination uh, prophets and teachers prophet and evangelist doesn't spring to mind but I wouldn't rule it out but a very, combina- a very common combination if you go to Acts 13 verses 1 to 3 there were five of them prophets and teachers and this is where the Holy Spirit dispatched two of them on the first missionary journey um, we're not told were there four teachers and one prophet were there four prophets and one teachers 
Were they all prophets? Were they all teachers? We're not told. It's one of the great mysteries. I'd love to know. Love to know. But um, as you work your way through the New Testament, you'll find that um, those two gifts in particular are often co-joined, those two ministries. Yep. Any other questions? No? Well, I think we'll go to ministry, if that's all right, Pastor. So, so we're offering to pray for you. We're offering to pray that you receive an impartation where the prophetic's concerned. Uh, we're offering to pray for you in general if you have a sore back or a situation at work, whatever the case may be, the sorts of things that generally come forward at this time. But in particular, if, 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 if this message has resonated with you, if I've succeeded in planning within your heart a desire to be used of God in the realm of the gifts of the Holy Spirit with the right motive, if I've, if I've succeeded in imparting that vision, then I'd encourage you to come out and we'll pray for you with the laying on of hands and ask the Lord to impart. You know, that Jesus said, freely you've received, freely give. And so to the extent that we're able to, um, this is based upon Paul's uh, instructions to Timothy, I think it's First Timothy 4 and verse 14, I think, where he said, uh, you know, you received something when the elders laid hands upon you. So Lennis and I are elders back home at Grace and we're more than happy to lay hands upon you in the, in the belief that you might receive something by way of impartation. So I think I'll finish now and, and, and I'm sorry it's gone so long. And um, um, we'll just open up the altar if you'd like prayer. Venice works with me. She moves in a couple of the gifts of the Spirit as well. Um, it's a little bit of a time-consuming process because we both pray for whoever comes. But if you'd be patient, uh, we'll pray for as many come out. Thank you. Thanks for listening to a Wattle City Church podcast. If you download the Anchor podcast app and type Wattle City Church into the search engine, you can listen to more and great podcasts from Wattle City Church. Thanks.